What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's May 8, 2023, and this is Lift and Learn episode 119. In this episode, I'll talk about training for cardio purposes versus muscle growth, and then I'll talk about some food staples that should be in everyone's diet if you're looking to be more healthy, change body composition, whatever it may be. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. One of the biggest factors holding you back from your goal physique could be how you're treating the weekends. I had a hard talk with one of my clients this week about this. He's someone who sees the weekend as a free-for-all, eating whatever, all while doing little activity, maybe having a bit too much alcohol. If you're wondering why you're not making as much progress as you should, this could be why. Let's say you're someone who likes to enjoy the Saturdays, maybe even the Friday nights too. If you're eating like shit and having some alcohol, that's fine in moderation, but if you're going overboard, which tends to be the case, especially if you're someone who restricts your eating during the week, by the time the weekend comes around, you might be thinking to yourself, oh yeah, I deserve this. Well, if you're serious about your goals and not seeing any changes, even though you're working out during the week, you're on top of it all during the weekdays, this could actually be a big factor. You're slipping too much on the weekends. During the week, you might be in a 300 calorie deficit for four of those days. So from Monday to Thursday, you did a solid job, 1200 calorie deficit there, pat yourself on the back. And then Friday rolls around, maybe you splurge on just a little something something. You eat in maintenance or slightly over maintenance for the day, you're still in a pretty good place. But then Saturday comes around, you kick off the day with too many pancakes, you decide to have a lazy day, so you're not moving. Uh, you're not moving as much as you usually would on other days of the week. You go out for lunch, have some dinner and drinks with friends. Now, socially, you're doing great, but it's just the fact that sometimes when you're not paying attention, those calories sneak up on you, and now you're actually a 1,000 calories over what you usually eat, which actually isn't that difficult because of the food that's readily available these days. That might mean takeout, someone else making your food, especially if you go out or have some processed foods that day, it becomes very easy to overconsume on calories. And then you wonder why over the weeks and months you're not losing weight or not seeing the changes you want to see. Even though you feel like you're busting your ass week in, week out, this could be why. It's very easy and very common uh, for people uh, or with people that I've talked to and had experience working with over the past few years. From my time being a trainer, I see this so often. I'm not saying you need to cut out going out forever. I'm just saying if it's a weekly routine and you're not seeing changes, something has to be different in your lifestyle. That's the reason why you're not making as much progress as you might want to. You might have to come up with a better solution for the weekends because that could be holding you back from the best you. This was something I had to clean up myself too. My Fridays, 
I know I'm going to probably eat out a little bit or eat foods that I won't be making myself. So what I do now to kind of gear up for that day, I'll eat lower carbs all day, Thursday and Friday morning. Uh, and then that Friday night, I have a bit more leeway when it comes to eating. If I were to eat normally and continue going out Fridays to eat, I probably wouldn't see a change unless I moved more that day, which could mean more steps or a cardio session. But I know I probably won't have time for that during the day. So that's something that I kind of do to deal with the excess food that I might be eating on the Friday or sometimes on the weekends. That's my strategy. It's been working so far. Definitely leaning out in the midsection despite my altered training for the past month or so. That kind of leads me into the next topic here, finger issue. Okay, so now the finger was actually not looking good for a while, but recently I think I've turned the corner on it. I did go get it check, uh, checked out again because I dislocated it along with a little bit of a fracture over a month ago now. The swelling is still there, plus I can't even straighten the damn thing, so it's definitely a problem. It doesn't look to me like it's healing properly. I have another appointment later this week for an x-ray and an ultrasound, so I'll update you guys on that when the time comes. I'm not sure if surgery will be required because right now it looks like shit, <laughs> I'll be honest. It's starting to affect me less and less though, so there's that. Uh, this week I actually felt some progress was being made because I can slowly now start to get more range of motion, finally. I'm also able to hold myself up for a dead hang, plus I can do a pull up with minimal pain, so we're slowly trending in the right direction right now. But my finger itself may be just permanently bent, so... I guess we'll see what we <laughs> what happens going forward. On one hand, I wouldn't mind doing a surgery if it's free because then my finger will be back to normal and it would be cool to have one done because I never had one done, but it seems pretty cool. But also uncool that I might have to have a surgery on a finger I dislocated and fractured after falling in the tub because I just finished cleaning it. Yeah, it's not the greatest story. So I might have to just start making up stories about how the injury actually happened. And at the same time, I'm hoping I don't need surgery on my finger because it's also a bit scary, even if it is only my finger. Best case scenario, I get 90% of my range of motion back, no pain, no surgery, finger just bent forever. I don't really care about that. I don't love the idea, but as long as I'm pain-free and gain most of my range of motion again, that would be a win. The golf courses are officially open now. I can't get out to the course yet because of my injury, but we did have some nice weather recently. I went to the driving range instead. Probably a stupid idea, but played with my splint on. It went fine. No pain or anything, but I was definitely a bit rusty at first. Plus, I didn't want to hurt myself, so the first few like shots were like mentally challenging to even do. Other than that, honestly, life has just been work. I didn't watch the Super, Bar uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. I don't plan on watching the D&D &D movie unless it's on some streaming service. In terms of TV, I don't watch a lot. If I do put Netflix on, it's always The Office. I just rewatch it over and over again. I've been watching some of the hockey and basketball playoffs, though. Right now, the Leafs are up in their series against the Lightning, 2-1. to one. Got that huge OT win last Saturday. And basketball, I'm not really cheering for anyone. I just watch whatever I can. There's some good matchups going on, but it's surprising to see so many injuries that have happened so far. There's Victor Oladipo, he's always out. Joel Embiid, Giannis, Kawhi might not even return at this point. Mr. Load Management. That's pretty much it though, really. I've just been working and occasionally watching some TV when I have some time to do that. Question one. 
Training for cardio versus muscle growth. Here's a tough one. If you have a goal to improve your cardio health while improving muscle growth, there's a fine line here. The thing is, they're conflicting signals. Training for cardio will build endurance as opposed to lifting weights, which will build muscle. The real key is to identify your goals and work from there. If you're training for a half marathon or a full marathon or even just a challenging hike, then training for it, some cardio would be your best bet. If we're talking about overall fat loss for your body, then I believe muscle building with resistance training is the way to go. Now, the studies show that resistance training plus cardio is the best combo when it comes to losing body fat. You just need to figure out the balance that works for you. What I've generally found to work with me and my clients when it comes to the basics of resistance training and cardio would be 30 to 45 minutes of good programmed resistance training. I'm talking gen pop here. That means working on compound movements if possible, along with 10 to 30 minutes of cardio afterwards, depending on the fitness level of that person. And that's just a general rule, like I said. So you'll have to adjust this to the individual if you're able to. Now for me, most of my clients are older than 50, and this still works for most of them, but we're also working on mobility drills, so similar rules apply. For an older person, mobility drills can already be taxing enough on the body and could be used instead of resistance training if it's really difficult, especially at first. Then I like to get them doing actual muscle strengthening exercises according to their ability, then using whatever cardio equipment would be suitable for them. Cardio is still important when it comes to muscle building because it leads to better heart health and just more capacity to push yourself during exercise. You get fatigued less quickly. So cardio is still important to great overall health, but not necessarily the best method to lose body fat in the long term. Fitness is like a broken record. I have to repeat myself multiple times for this information to stick to a lot of my clients. I do have some clients who get this the first time around, but I also have the opposite happen. That's more likely where clients just truly believe that cardio is the only way to lose weight and they don't want to resistance train because it might make them too muscular. Or they believe that they can out-train a bad diet, which is a bad mentality and sometimes a tough spot to break out of. It's a lot easier to take in calories, like it's a lot easier to eat calories than to actually burn off or expend calories. I know this one lady in the gym training for a 5k or something, but also wants to put on like 10 pounds of muscle. In this situation, you have to choose one. You can't really excel in one of these without sacrificing the other. You could have results maybe in both aspects, but that just means being okay at the cardio aspect and maybe gaining a few pounds of muscle at the same time. Unless you're a genetic anomaly, most people aren't. Cardio and muscle growth are two very different goals that require different approaches in terms of training and nutrition. Cardio focuses on improving cardiovascular health, endurance, while lifting weights inhibits muscle growth, also known as hypertrophy. This increases the size and strength of muscles. Cardiovascular exercise includes activities like running, cycling, swimming, rowing, which just raise the heart rate and help improve the function of the heart and the lungs. Cardio also burns calories and can help with weight loss when combined with a healthy diet. However, excessive cardio can interfere with muscle growth by burning too many calories and preventing the body from putting on muscle. Muscle growth, on the other hand, requires resistance training exercises such as weightlifting or bodyweight exercises. These exercises create micro tears in the muscle fibers which stimulate the body to repair and strengthen the muscle tissue. 
Adequate protein intake and a slight calorie surplus will also maximize the amount of muscle growth or gains you'll make. In terms of training frequency, cardio can be done more frequently than resistance training since it's usually performed at a slower pace, there's less strain on the muscles. Depending on the individual's goals, cardio can be done three to five times a week for 30 to 60 minutes per session. Resistance training, on the other hand, if you're just starting out, should probably be done two to four times a week if you're on a full body split or something with adequate rest periods between sessions to allow for muscle recovery and growth. When it comes to nutrition, both cardio and muscle growth are requ uh, require a balanced diet with higher protein than a normal diet. Shoot for a gram per pound of body weight, carbs, you got your healthy fats there. However, muscle growth also requires a slight calorie surplus. Like I said before, that's just to provide the body with more energy and nutrients to build muscle faster and optimally. To summarize this all, cardio and muscle growth are two distinct goals that require different approaches in terms of training and nutrition. While cardio focuses on improving cardiovascular health and burning calories in the short term, muscle growth means you have to lift weights, you build muscle, a slight surplus would be good, and this is the form of activity where you're boosting your metabolism for the long term, not slowing it down like cardio does. A balanced approach that combines both forms of exercise can help individuals achieve their fitness goals and maintain overall health and well-being. A smarter idea would be to train for your cardio or your marathon. Focus on that if that's really something you want to do. Focus your training on that for a few months. Then after the race is over, then that's when you can lay off the cardio a little bit, build some muscle, and just eat more to grow. Like I said though, balance is what you want to find. Training for a marathon while also wanting to step on stage and be a bodybuilder, yes, those are extreme examples, but you can't do them both at the same time unless you're some genetic freak. So if you're trying to do both at a high level, that's going to be extremely difficult. I'm not saying you can't build muscle and cardio endurance at the same time. I'm just saying that they're conflicting signals you're giving to your body. One says build up endurance. That might mean a lot of cardio and being in a calorie deficit, possibly, depending on how much training you're doing. And on the other hand, trying to build muscle, which is going to be the most effective if you're in a slight calorie surplus. Choose one goal. Do that for a phase, then switch it up the next time. You should get more benefit that way as opposed to trying to do it all at once. Question two, what are some food staples you should be eating? So when it comes to being healthy overall for the rest of your life, food is obviously very important. It's good to make the right choices because the choices that you make, the food that you put into your body reflects how healthy you'll be overall. Now, some people can eat whatever they want and maintain a decent physique, but you don't know what's going on inside. The best way you can take care of yourself to be healthy in the long term is a combination of exercise and diet. And in terms of diet these days, we're fortunate to eat whatever and whenever we want. There's an abundance of food these days, and that's caused us to basically eat according to our taste buds. We can eat whatever we want, and we can have it ordered straight to our house. We can have all the sugary foods we want to have, anything to satisfy exactly what we're craving. Unfortunately, eating this way has caused our overweight and obesity rates to absolutely skyrocket over the past few decades with the introduction of processed foods, and that's why I wanted to break down some of the staple foods that you should be eating. Of course, whole foods are the best option. One of the best sources and staples have to be chicken, we're talking breast, thighs, legs, depending on what my macros are looking like. Thighs 
are better because they taste a whole lot better. Yes, there's a bit more fat, but those are more healthy fats. Season it, make it taste good. Just don't go overkill with the oil choices or the sauces, and it'll be a great protein source if you're managing to eat enough. And since we're on this topic, we might as well talk about protein sources because that's what's going to help you a lot when it comes to overall health. Chicken is one of those lean proteins you can eat. Lean protein is essential for building and repairing muscles and maintaining a good overall body weight and composition. Along with chicken, you could sub that with turkey, fish, beef. You, uh, you could choose medium, lean, extra lean. I'll usually go with the lean one. I only go extra lean if it's like really cutting time and I feel like I need to tone down the fat intake. But there's still good protein choices when you're getting good animal fat in you. It's fine. Same thing with chicken. I mentioned that earlier. I occasionally will have lamb if I go out and eat Greek food or something. I already mentioned fish, but specifically salmon, tilapia are the ones that I'll have. Shrimp is a good one too, but it can be a bit expensive. You can also go with tuna, but I had too much of that when I was a kid. It's smart to build up a diverse gut with multiple sources of food and protein, so aim for a variety of protein sources throughout the week and include them in every single meal. Some dairy sources you could look at are Greek yogurt, whole eggs, cheese, milk if you can tolerate it. These have a good amount of calcium which helps build and maintain strong bones. If you can't handle milk from cows, there's alternate versions of it like soy milk or almond milk, but they might not be as beneficial as cow's milk, but that option is there for you. A big one that most people tend to lack, I'll even include myself here, is the vegetable intake. Remember, we're talking about staple foods here that you should be eating. So that might mean spinach, broccoli, and kale. Those are my top three. But any kind of frozen vegetables or fruit will do. You got to get the fruit in too. I just went grocery shopping. I got some oranges, bananas. For me, uh, frozen blueberries have been a staple lately because I have that with my oatmeal. Any kind of berries are great. Raspberries, blackberries, strawberries also... Kiwis, avocados, bananas, mangoes. I'm literally just thinking of food that I've bought in the past month or so since my meals are generally made up of whole foods or my diet is. Fruits and vegetables are packed with essential vitamins, minerals, and fiber that help keep your body healthy and strong. Again, variety is key, so different colored fruits and vegetables help you get a wide range of nutrients. It's smart to have a good balance of food. In terms of some carb sources that I lean towards. Pasta is always around. Rice is a staple in my house because I'm Filipino. There's usually some kind of bagel or bread of the week in my house. Carbs are fine in moderation. Remember that. They're not evil. They're actually, (laughs) that's where you get your energy from. I'll have some potatoes, sometimes sweet potatoes every now and then too, so I don't just repeatedly eat the same things over and over again. Maintaining a healthy diet is crucial for overall health and strength. It's important to eat a balanced diet that includes a variety of foods to ensure that your body is getting all the nutrients it needs. Continuing on, there's a few more stable foods that can help you or help keep you healthy and strong for the rest of your life. And we got to talk about whole grain sources. They're a good source of complex carbs, which provide sustained energy for your body. These foods could actually lower cholesterol, lower LDL, which is the bad form of cholesterol, and reduce insulin levels, reduce type 2 diabetes risk. Examples of whole grains include quinoa, whole wheat bread from a good source, and oatmeal. They usually have more fiber in them too, which is another aspect 
very important to take that into account. That helps regulate digestion and keeps you at a healthier body weight. In terms of healthy fats, eating fat doesn't necessarily translate to body fat, which is a common misconception. That's why you have to be smart and choose healthy fats. No trans fats at all in the diet will be a good thing. So we're talking about healthy fats from nuts, seeds, avocados, olive oil, extra virgin olive oil. These are important for brain health and can help reduce inflammation in the body. Now, although it's zero calories and not really a food staple, we have to talk about water. It's essential for overall health and well-being. It helps regulate body temperature, aids digestion, keeps you hydrated. Aim for at least eight glasses of water a day and probably more if you're physically active. Now, you might be hearing all this and thinking to yourself, oh my God, my food is going to taste so bland. Wrong. It doesn't have to be that way. Spice it up. Don't forget to add those herbs and spices. They can even have some of their own added benefits. Turmeric has anti-inflammatory properties. Garlic helps the immune system. Ginger is a good one too, depending on the meal. Spices add flavor to the meal too. Even something like salt is going to be needed if you're otherwise healthy and eat mainly whole foods. You might have to actually increase your sodium intake if you work out regularly, and especially if you train at a high intensity or you sweat a lot. It's important to note that portion uh, portion control and moderation are also key factors in maintaining a healthy diet. Eating too much of any one food, even healthy foods, can lead to weight gain and other health problems. In addition, it is important to listen to your body and eat when you're hungry, stopping when you're almost full. All of this is important for me to say on here because it's a good reminder for myself also. I've been starting to lean down for this year. I'm being mindful now more so than before about what I'm putting into my body. I'm trying more and more to always have a vegetable with whatever meal I'm eating. Right now that looks like kale for dinner, some spinach for breakfast, some broccoli during the day also. That's been my weak spot over the past few years when it comes to eating, and I notice that when I really forget to have my vegetables, that's when I notice more general weakness at times. I notice my skin get a bit drier, just not looking as healthy as it could be. That'll probably also help with my finger healing because it hasn't been healing as fast as I'd like it to. And that could be because I'm not getting my daily nutrients and uh, vital minerals in my body to aid with the whole recovery and healing process. Remember that what you intake is what your body uses and it uses that fuel to keep you functioning. If you want to function at the highest level, have a diverse diet, have your fruits and vegetables, make smart decisions, choose whole foods, drink water, and that alone will help you maintain a leaner figure, as opposed to eating highly processed foods all the time. In summary, a healthy and balanced diet that includes a variety of foods can help you be strong and healthy, aim for lean protein, fruits and vegetables, whole grains, healthy fats, dairy or alternatives for that, water, and don't forget the herbs and spices to add some taste to the food. Remember to practice portion control and moderation and listen to your body's hunger and fullness signals. And that concludes episode 119 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. 
If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.